You are listening to WRFG Atlanta, 89.3 FM. Up next, Alternative Perspectives, Atlanta's only queer radio hour. Hold on tight. Welcome again. You are listening to WRFG. The RFG stands for Radio Free Georgia, by the way. Uh, WRFG, this is a community-based radio station in Atlanta, 89.3 FM on your dial. We're also streaming at WRFG.org. Welcome to Alternative Perspectives. Uh, I'm your host, Greg Bossen. Uh, And Alternative Perspectives is actually the only local radio hour devoted exclusively to issues affecting Atlanta's queer community. Uh, And thank you so much for listening. Uh, I will say this again right before we have our guest, but the opinions expressed here are those of myself and do not necessarily, and my guest, and do not necessarily represent the views of WRFG, its employees, board, volunteers, funders, or even listeners. So tonight on the show, Um, We wanted to talk a little bit about the craziness that is south of us in Florida. As uh, you may know, uh, the Don't Say Gay bill has been passed in Florida, which prohibits classroom instruction on sexual orientation or gender identity in kindergarten through grades three. Um, But it also has a piece that says, It prohibits classroom instruction in any manner that is not age appropriate or developmentally appropriate for students. Doesn't say students kindergarten through grade three, just any student uh, in accordance with state standards. Pretty generalized law. So um, and that got me thinking a little bit about the craziness that is uh, LGBTQ rights in Florida, which you can go back to uh, January of 1977. Uh, We'll talk a little bit about this, Uh, Anita Bryant, uh, with her anti-gay rhetoric and push in 77. Uh, But I wanted to talk about it with someone who is gay and is in Florida uh, and who's an activist. And uh, so we have a Dr. Joshua Estrin, uh, who is a – he's an interesting checkered – not checkered, but well, maybe his past is checkered, but he's an author. Uh, he also has a PhD in applied mathematics of all things. He's in marketing now for his professional career. He's also a clinical therapist, and um, he's also a public figure and has a lot to say. Uh, he's very interesting. Uh, you should Google him, uh, Dr. Joshua Estrin. As I said, he's an author, and we will have him on the show tonight. And to talk about the craziness, he lives in Fort Lauderdale, uh, uh, that is Florida. But before we do that, news of the queer. Uh-uh. I know that's right. Oh, no, she didn't say what. And we just have a couple of, well, I guess maybe four or five stories. I am going to start with, don't get mad at me, but I do like to let people know about the latest state of COVID in Georgia. So COVID. Uh, the seven-day average, uh, as of two days ago, well, let's see, I think that's the latest I get here, uh, is uh, new cases in Georgia, seven-day average, 2,480 a day. Now, 
the uh, hospital uh, hospitals are no longer full. Uh, there's no longer the uh, increase in deaths. So uh, these cases are decidedly more uh, mild. And uh, obviously that is due to more people getting uh, either infected or uh, getting vaxxed. So that's good news. So hopefully that trend will continue and COVID will become something like the flu. But uh, definitely we're still on an increase. So you want to be mindful of that if you're around somebody that is immunocompromised. All right. And uh, ah, a report, this is going to upset people. So a report from UCLA's Williams Institute has found that the number of young people who identify as transgendered has nearly doubled. The report, which was released this month, uses survey data from the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention's Behavioral Risk Factor Surveillance System to estimate how many Americans identify as transgender. The data revealed that while the number of adults who identify as transgender has remained steady since 2017, that was the last time this report was published, not so for uh, trans teenagers ages 13 to 17. Uh, The percentage of those has nearly doubled from 2017, and before you freak out, uh, that's only 1.4% of teenagers. So it doubled from 0.7% of teenagers to 1.4% of teenagers. Uh, And 1.3% of those ages 18 to 24 identify as trans uh, compared uh, to half of that uh, in 2017. So why is this happening? Well, the right would have you believe that this is what they're most afraid of, that we are confusing children and that now they are all considering themselves trans, and the world's going to end as we know it, and everybody's going to freak out, and our population will disappear because everybody's going to be gay and trans, and no one's going to have kids, and we're all going to die. But anyway, uh, I think that since there's been uh, a light shined on it, more children uh, that are still trying to figure out their sexuality and sexual identity feel free to express themselves as trans. I don't think that that's a bad thing at all. And again, we're talking 1.4% of teens between 13 and 17 and 1.3% between 18 and 24. So let's not freak out here, but did want to tell you that. All right, moving on. So we are going to be talking about Florida today. And I am assuming that you are aware of what happened with Disney uh, after Florida passed the Don't Say Gay Bill and DeSantis signed it. uh, Disney came out after being pushed, by the way, by their uh, employees. They came out and spoke against uh, the, um, the law. And as a result, they have been punished. This happened uh, a few weeks ago where the state decided to revoke their exempt status. Uh, And uh, basically, the state government is looking to take over uh, the city, the town that Disney is in, which at this point uh, is they handle their own uh, police and fire services and roads and things like that. And They are looking to revoke their status, which is really kind of ridiculous because that means that uh, the state's going to have to take on a lot of debt 
and the state's going to have to take on dealing with <laughs> the services that Disney's been providing themselves up to now. So that's uh, a real stupid uh, outcome of that. But what I wanted to point out that I was not, I did not know this, but something has happened. Uh, it's happened a couple of months ago with State Farm as well. Uh, the state State Farm uh, backed down after pledging to donate LGBTQ-themed books in coordination with Gender Cool, this is a youth organization highlighting LGBTQ-themed voices to schools and libraries. Among the titles of the books that were going to be donated by Gender Cool to public libraries and schools were a kid's book about being transgender, a kid's book about being inclusive, and a kid's book about being non-binary, which portrayed the experience of different gender identities. The anti-LGBTQ group Consumers Research launched a campaign consisting of online blasts, which were boosted by the Daily Wire and, of course, Breitbart, with the slogan, Like a Creepy Neighbor, State Farm is There. The campaign appears to have had the desired effect, and on May the 23rd, so this was two, three weeks ago, State Farm announced that it would pull back declaring conversions about gender should happen at home with parents as opposed as opposed from gender cool it will no longer support the program although state farm in a later statement insisted that it would continue to support the lgbtq community and exclusivity the victory for conservatives forces was obvious so that's really really unfortunate uh, that uh, we've got some businesses, State Farm being one of them, that are no longer going to fund a campaign that will put transgender books in high school and uh, elementary school. I think that's really, really sad. I know I'm not transgender, but as a gay man, if there were books in there about being gay or that it's okay to be gay or any books at all that had gay characters, that would probably be probably would have been very helpful for me growing up. Um, but nevertheless, here we are. All right. Another sad state of affairs. Well, this is actually kind of interesting. I, I wouldn't describe this as sad, but all right. Uh, as U.S. cities across the U.S. once again hold in-person Pride Month festivities, of course, it's Pride this month, um, but after two years of the pandemic, finally, we're going to be able to have Pride parades. And there is a debate uh, in the LGBTQ community about allowing local law enforcement to participate in these parades. So uh, it's uh, interesting here. So there are various pride groups that are banning uniformed police officers from marching in their annual pride parades altogether, uh, one of them being uh, San Francisco Pride. So uh, this is becoming uh, challenged, uh, although the ban has been since reversed following a compromise between San Francisco Pride and San Francisco Police Officers Pride Alliance. See, there are gay policemen or policemen that are supportive of the LGBT community and want to march, but they're still allowed to. But in a lot of these cities, uh, they're not allowed to if they're in uniform. Uh, New York, Seattle, and Denver are among the cities in which activists have banned or requested an absence of uniformed police officers' presence at Pride events. Uh, NYC Pride announced last year that it would prohibit uniformed officers' participation in its events through at least 
2025. NYC Pride is unwilling to contribute in any way to creating an atmosphere of fear or harm for members of the community. Steps are being taken by the organization. Uh, uh, steps being taken by the organization challenge law enforcement to acknowledge their harm and to correct course moving forward. So uh, the bans are not met with open arms by all. Some believing the trend does more harm than good. So uh, that's interesting. We should have a show on that. Now that I think about it. All right. And we just have one other uh, little thing that I wanted to point out to you. And uh, that is, again, that it is Pride Month this month. And this last week, Athens Pride uh, and Queer Collaborative hosted their first ever ever Athens Pride Parade. This happened on June 12th. Uh, So that was this last Saturday in downtown Athens. So good for them. Uh, Next week, uh, well, actually the week after next, June 24th through June 26th, is Augusta's turn, uh, as well as Rome. Both of them have pride. Uh, Rome's, it'll be his, Rome, Georgia will be their first one. Uh, Augusta, August, uh, Augusta pride begins with Beats on Broad, Purple Parade at on Friday at 6 p.m. So for a cover $10 charge uh you dance the night away at augusta common then the festivities kick off with the augusta pride parade at 10 30 a.m on saturday Ooh, i don't know about getting up for a pride parade it doesn't the one in atlanta not start until noon 10 30 is kind of early uh, the parade will line up on jones street in augusta between 10th and 11th the festival then begins at 11 a.m at the augusta comment common so good for them that's awesome and then rome the inaugural rome pride parade will include a comedy and drag show, Rainbow March Festival with vendors and entertainment, a dessert river cruise, which is cool, uh, and a non-denominational pride church service and more. So if you want to learn about Rome's Pride, it's RomeGAPride.com. And Augustus Pride is PrideAugusta.org. And with that, uh, we will be right Back where we're going to talk about all things Florida. That's right. Crazy, crazy, crazy Florida. Don't look at me. The following is a public affairs bulletin board announcement brought to you by your station for progressive information and hand-picked quality music. WRFG 89.3 FM, WRFG.org. 
the Little Five Points Community Center, home of WRFG Radio and several other nonprofit arts organizations, will be dedicating the eagerly anticipated Blind Willie McTell Mosaic. A ceremony, cookout, and concert will be held beside the mosaic on Saturday, July 2nd, 2022, from 2 to 4 p.m. The mosaic's creator, Jason Evers Johnson, will discuss the project's creation and restoration, and singer-songwriter guitarist Bill Sheffield will perform two sets of acoustic blues. This is a non-ticketed event and open to the public. For additional information, the Little Five Points Community Center's website is www.l5pcc.org. That's l5pcc.org. Well, throw your head way up high, grab your daddy and make him cry, doing that rag, that Georgia rag. And thank you so much for listening to WRFG Atlanta 89.3 FM. And welcome to Alternative Perspectives. And again, this is Atlanta's only local radio hour devoted exclusively to issues affecting Atlanta's queer community, which has always been amazing to me uh, that we're the only game in town. Uh, Fortunately, though, we are incredible, so... That works out. Uh, I'm your host, Greg Boston. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, the opinions expressed here are those of myself and my guests and do not necessarily represent the views of WRFG, its employees, board, volunteers, funders, or listeners. Uh, and <clears throat> again, thank you so much for listening. So I'm excited to have on the show. Uh, We are going to be talking with an expert. Well, he's an expert on many things. Uh, His name is uh, Dr. Joshua Estrin. And uh, I'm going to call you, I'll call you Dr. Josh. How about that? That's good. I'll call you Greg with two Gs. Yes, I am Greg with two Gs. Uh, My mom didn't like the name Gregory, so she stuck an extra G on the end. So people would Greg know. squared. Yes, or Greg squared. Yes. Yes. But anyway, uh, so Dr. Uh, Estrin happens to be, uh, he's an author. He's written, uh, I think, three books at this point, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, the right. Last, that's the last two, book. Two that I'll admit to. Yes, yes. The, what's the latest one, actually? Shut Up and Listen to Yourself 2.0. Thank you for that blatant self-promotion. Yes, yes, of course. No no problem. Um, and what is that book about, actually? You, you may so it's, a, it's an audio book. You can download it. iTunes, Google Play, Audible, wherever audiobooks are sold. Um, I like to call it uh, self-help, motivation, inspiration, perspiration. Um, 1.0 came out of my utter dislike for Dr. Phil, this idea that you take people in crisis, put them on national television and scream it, yell in them. Basically, I believe that we have 80% of the answers to 100% of the questions in us right now. If we would just take a minute to be still, to be quiet and uh, be guided by our inner compass. But if you write a book and you ask people to please be quiet, your mom buys the book and that's about it. So shut up and listen to yourself kind of catches your attention. Nice. Okay. All right. Well, that's good. I like that idea. We were talking before the show. Um, I know I've been in therapy in and out for the past 25 years. And one of the things that I've learned is I agree with you. Um, Ultimately, you know yourself better than anybody else on the face of the planet, primarily because you have to spend 24 hours a day with yourself. 
so uh, you probably know more what the right answers are for you than anybody else. Um, the other thing about therapy, here I am, we haven't even started to show you. We're going to talk about Florida folks, by the way, because he's a Floridian, uh, and just how horrific they are and try and get a better understanding of what's going on down there in Florida with, you know, seemingly a lot of gay people, certainly at Disney World, but um, but yet at the same time, they're very backwards with their LGBTQ uh, rights. But anyway, before I get into that, um, if you go to a therapist, you, you probably would agree. You're sitting there, you're there, maybe you go once a week for an hour. Well, during that hour, you have this person that can help you. But there's the other 23 hours in the day, and there's the other six days in the week that you're with yourself. So to me, that's like a real opportunity for you to therapize yourself. You know, I used to sit and talk to myself when I was going through my last bad period. I would look in the mirror and I would talk to myself in the mirror and therapize myself. You know, I would parent myself basically is what it is. Yeah. But anyway, I think that's I think that's great advice. You know, any good therapist, here's how you test them out. Ask them where the work really happens. And if they tell you in the office, get the hell out. The real work happens in between sessions. Right. And so right. you nailed it. You nailed it, man. And you need to pay yourself for talking in the mirror. Well, I'm too expensive, so I can't afford it. I'm that. way too expensive. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> no, but I – um. anyway, okay, well, we could go off on a real tangent with that. And we may work our way back to it. But for now, um, I wanted to talk a little bit about – well, first – you were not born in Florida, is that correct, or were you born there? Tell no, me a little bit not. about your history. Yeah, I was not. Um, you know, despite the fact that I only look twenty-five, which is so not true. Um, I've been in Florida twenty years, but I, I'm a native New Yorker, so I moved to Florida as any good Jewish son does to follow my parents. Um, I've been here for twenty years, off and on. And, you know, it's gotten to the point now where I don't even tell people that I actually live here. Um, I just make up other places that I live because Florida, you know, has had now a rich history. You and I talked about this since way back when of just being like, Florida, what's happening? Like, how do we have Disney World, Mickey Mouse and all this joy? And then I can't even call him anything but Big D, our governor, who's just like, you know, I don't know if you can say this, screwing the pooch right now. And uh, it's it's ugly down here. So, yeah, I'm basically embarrassed from being from Florida. Yeah, well, I, you know, I thought what we could do is just kind of take a little trip through history to kind of help explain to the listeners. And I know that they've heard a number of these things, but, you know, um, for one, uh, same-sex sexual activity didn't even become legal in Florida until 2003, and that was only because of the U.S. Supreme Court's decision, uh, which invalidated sodomy laws across the country in 2003. So if it were not for the Supreme Court, who knows where we would be with sodomy laws in the state of Florida. Again, uh, gay marriage did not become legal in Florida until 2015, again, only after the Supreme Court weighed in. So uh, in 2015. So, and if you go back in time, uh, Anita Bryant is really, I, I don't know whether you would say that would be the start of it, but um, maybe uh, Dr. Estrin, you can, I'm going to go back and forth between Dr. Estrin and Joshua, because you paid for it, you know, um, but, uh, or maybe your parents did. But uh, in, um, 
tell tell the listeners, particularly the the youthful aspects of our population, a little bit about Anita Bryant and what happened there back in uh, the late seventies. Well, um, even though I I was barely alive um, in the late seventies, <laughs> Greg with two G's, you know. Anita Bryant really started the conversation shift um, in, in, in creating this, this idea that everything that was wrong in the world and in Florida was because of, at that time, we didn't even have a name for it, but the LGBTQ plus community. And she really encouraged people to, to be audacious um, and outspoken about the fact that, you know, we were somehow second class citizens. And unfortunately, um, it caught on. It gave people permission to 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 really express this um, this inflexibility with anything that um, was not made up of who they were and their two best friends. And um, Florida uh, encouraged that. So we could say that you know Anita was the first Karen, or or at least the first public Karen. And um, you know it had backlash, but. You know, what I find most interesting is once the conversation starts to get some um, momentum, it's really remarkable. And and we've seen this since 2016, um, that people feel somehow empowered and emboldened to say things in public that they only said in private before. And wow, Florida, you know, um, look, I... I am driven by kindness, but I'm not always nice. You mentioned Disney. You know, gay days have been going on in Disney forever and ever. Amen. But what lots of people don't know is Disney welcomes the gays or has historically, but doesn't really have a rich history of donating a lot of money um, to gay and lesbian um, LGBTQ plus uh, organizations and, and advocacy. It was like, hey, come and enjoy the park and spend your money. But then... Um, you know, investing back in the community. And, and, you know, historically performers have been disproportionately gay and lesbian because we're so darn creative. Um, and so they have a workforce too that um, hasn't really been reflected in their politics. So, you know, yeah. I think Disney, Disney's getting on board, but again, you know, that's about the only nice thing besides the weather I have to say about Florida. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Florida. I'm sorry. Well, there was a lot there was a lot in there but i want to i want to circle back just so that the listeners know uh, uh, anita bryant was uh i guess she was an actress originally right yes yeah, so that we could use that as a loose term yeah yeah but anyway in january of 1977 dade county that's <clears throat> the county that encompasses miami actually passed a gay rights ordinance ordinance making Miami the 14th city in the U.S. with such a law. The vote freaked out Anita Bryant. Oh, she was a singer, a beauty queen, and a born-again Christian. Okay, apparently she was a singer. Uh, Who began a campaign to repeal the ordinance. Within six weeks, Bryant had gathered the signatures necessary to put the issue to Dade County voters. Bryant formed an organization called Save Our Children, uh, Inc., and uh, based the campaign on the idea that homosexuals cannot reproduce, so we must recruit. You know, you can't get gay people unless you recruit gay people. I mean, let's ignore the fact that we, every one of us came from, well, the vast majority of us were birthed from a straight couple. Uh, but nevertheless, um, so uh, just uh, a few weeks or a few months after it passed, 
the, the ordinance was repealed by more than a two to one vote. And uh, the repeal in Miami led to a wave of repeals and gay rights defeats in other states, including the passage of an Oklahoma law banning, uh, banning gay men and lesbians from teaching in public schools, which, I mean, you know, anybody who is a, here's a blanket generalization, I'll get in trouble, but any man teaching in school who's not also um, uh, 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 coaching one of the sports leagues is most likely gay. <laughs> wow, I just felt the breeze of that sweeping generalization, but I'm going to let that one go because it's your show. This is why I have to say that the opinions expressed here are only those. But anyway, so um, that's how Anita Bryant got started. And it's interesting that um, here we are a half a century later, and we've got another bill uh, that uh, has been signed into law by Governor Ron DeSantis. Uh, and it's called the Parental Rights in Education Bill, uh, dubbed the Don't Say Gay Bill, the measure which takes effect, effect July 1, which is just in a couple of weeks. I mean, it's in the middle of the summer. Prohibits classroom instruction on sexual orientation or gender identity in kindergarten through grade three or in a manner that is not age appropriate or developmentally appropriate for students in accordance with the state standards. And uh, there are similar bills in 19 other states. So, I mean, what has been the effect of, of uh, or what is the intended effect, effect of this law? I mean, I guess, what are your thoughts? Why don't you muse on this law? Well, you know, look, um, I've, I've, I've been making fun of Florida, and there's a lot of really remarkable people here, people who are allies to the LGBTQ plus community who are out, as outraged um, as we are to this. Um, but, you know, what, what I find so disturbing about it is when we take a law or a mandate or even a conversation and it becomes kind of loose around the edges and obtuse, um, it opens itself up for a great deal of interpretation. And interpreting the law, as we can see um, on other topics of recent, um, is very scary. And so what you just read, um, first of all, I don't think anywhere in Florida, I feel comfortable saying this, that we're talking about sex to kindergartners. Correct. Um, and at the same time, we can't talk to them about the real world because some kindergartners have two mommies or two daddies. Um, unless it meets the subjective standard of an individual state and a group of people who, in my opinion, are, are hiding behind um, what they call their religious beliefs, et cetera, et cetera. So again, it becomes multi-layered. Uh, first of all, we don't talk to kindergartners the same way we talk to third graders. So the developmental age as a clinical therapist, you know, the difference developmentally, and I think any parent realizes this between a kindergartner who may still not even be potty trained and a third grader who hopefully is, is completely different. It's the idea that we can't begin exposing them to, to how the world really works and, and um, have the conversations that we need to have past the third grade. Because if anyone out there thinks that this is just K through three education, you know, uh, when we talk about critical race theory here in Florida as well, you know, they were banning math books. So, um, you know, yeah, I, I can't even believe. 
the law specifically says kindergarten through grade three, grade three, or in a manner that is not age appropriate or developmentally appropriate. So that is beyond grade three. It and, kind, yeah, it kind of bleeds into to general general education. I mean, and let's talk the real, real here. It's like Florida has not historically gotten any awards for its education. Um, people aren't flocking to the state of Florida because of the, uh, you know, the A plus schools. Teachers are doing an amazing job here in Florida or the best job they can with absolutely or nearly no resources. And, you know, it's just, to me, we live in a time when um, these things are, are silly. I mean, my kids are past school age. My grandkids, they're not um, in school yet. But, but I have neighbors. And literally, we were over the other day. And I said, I have to go home. And um, little six-year-old who lives there goes, I know. You have to have dinner with your husband. Didn't even think of it. Because mom and dad just don't even think of it either. Right. And it, was no, it was no big deal. And so this idea that we're indoctrinating or somehow teaching sex to kindergartners just is just insane. And I think that it goes back historically to this belief or this need for um, people like the big D and ultra conservatives to sexualize what it means to be gay, lesbian, transgender, non-binary, um, et cetera. Um, sexual orientation is just who you love, who you're attracted to. I mean, what, like, person who's not sharing a brain cell with someone and it's not their day would think that you're going into a kindergarten class and you're going to talk about what happens in the bedroom. I mean, that should not be a discussion at school at all. We're not teaching morality. We're just teaching that this, that the world is not made up of you and your three best friends. That's how I see it. Yeah. Well, and, and it's in a sense, it's kind of like with these voter laws, it's kind of like a, a solution in search of a problem, right? Um, you know, it's not as if we had this huge issue of um, instruction going on in kindergarten about sex. Um, for those of you that are, I'm going to introduce you again. For those of you that are just listening, uh, just tuning in, uh, this is Alternative Perspectives. And we're talking with Dr. Joshua Estrin, uh, who is an author. Uh, he's an active, light, well, he's a licensed clinical, um, are you a social, licensed clinical social worker or therapist? Uh, therapist. Therapist. Uh, and, uh, he, uh, also, um, I don't know. He, he's just a public figure. I'll just say it that way. And we're talking about Florida and, uh, LGBTQ, uh, and specifically this parental rights and education bill, the don't say gay bill that's just passed. The thing that concerns me about it, um, is how this is going to be used. Uh, and in, in my mind, like, yes, we're not sitting there. You, you, the face of it, you know, prohibits classroom instruction on sexual orientation or gender. But it's, it's this, the rest of this uh, that I'm concerned about, or in a manner not age appropriate. So I wonder if a book in a library is a manner of instruction. I believe it probably would be considered a book in a library. And the thing is, if you look, we're talking about Disney. If you look at Disney movies, Disney books, Almost every one of them has a man and a woman, usually a prince and a princess, that love each other and end up kissing, right? So you have a man and a woman kissing. Well, these things are shown to children from the age of 
two, three, you know what I'm saying? So they are being exposed to romantic relationships almost at birth. And so my concern is, does this mean that if there is a book with two dads in it that's in an elementary school library, or it's mentioned in a class, or a story is told in a class by a teacher, you know, where it's a gay couple instead of a straight couple, that somehow that person is going to be prosecuted and has gone against this law. I think that's the concern. Um, I, I think it should be the concern because, yeah. again, of the, the ambiguity of the law. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, anytime something doesn't fit into that heteronormative, um, ultra conservative formula, it's going to be brought to task. Mm-hmm. And at, at developmentally at this K through three, this is exactly when young people should be introduced to a age appropriately how the world works. And the reality is that between 18 and 20% conservative of the world is LGBTQ. And to begin to introduce people to, to couples of the same sex who are living, I mean, I always say there should be a pride float for me, the guy in the pinstripe suit with the, with the briefcase, because, you know, despite what our, our, our haters for lack of a better word, might think, you know, we're all not waving the pride flag every day in a thong. And um, we simply need to introduce our young people to um, a a version of life, not an alternative lifestyle, a version of life that they may grow up and want to embrace. And, um, you know, it's almost as if we, you know, would go back to the argument of, should we not be introducing young women to the possibility of becoming brain surgeons and astronauts. Mm -hmm. Um, Absolutely not. Um, You know, it used to be a male dominated profession. You know, there are little gays and lesbians and transgendered nuggets running around kindergarten right now. And if that makes people uncomfortable, that's a therapy issue. It's a biological genetic issue. So let's have age appropriate conversations. And oh, by the way, Let's also teach them, as they used to say, reading, writing, arithmetic, because, right. you know, this, this curriculum is not some sort of gay centric curriculum. It's just really weaving the way the world works into conversations that are happening in the classroom all the time. Because for your argument, what happens if a kid brings a book to school that they love? This is what mommy and mommy or daddy and daddy reads me or, hey, um, you know, mommy and mommy or daddy and daddy or any permutation thereof or mommy and daddy. Are, are you know taking me on vacation? Are we even allowed to have conversations like that in the classroom? Or are teachers supposed to shut that down? I mean, that's very destructive um, or yeah. potentially destructive. Well, and, so, I, and I would argue, you know, I had a conversation with my brother uh, about this recently. And, and what is the concern, you know, with, with bringing up homosexuality, you know, to children? What is the concern? What's the fear? You know, is the fear that you're going to turn someone gay? Well, first of all, it doesn't work that way. You know, um, is the is is the concern <clears throat> that it's going to confuse this person? I mean, I think you would be hard pressed to find a straight child that would be harmed by being made aware of the fact that some people are gay. I, I think that, and then that's perfectly normal. I think you'd be hard pressed to find a straight person that would be a straight child that would be harmed or confused by that. 
What I do think would be easy to find are gay people, gay children that are regularly harmed and confused and feel shame because we were never shown any of that when we were kids. But, you know, my brother's response to that is, well, you know, this is, you know, going against, you know, what I've been taught or what my belief system has been all my life to think that it would be okay to do this. And so I have to think about this or something. And it's just like, yeah, I guess you do. We all do. But um, we we definitely have to think about it. We also have to think about the fact that we're talking about public capital P public schools. So we certainly need a separation of, of church and state. And I would also say, for those people who are speaking the loudest against it, this, um, the lady doth protest too much. If you are that uncomfortable as an adult with gays, lesbians, et cetera, et cetera, um, maybe you're projecting something about yourself that, um, you know, again, is another therapy issue. So, you know, this is not a private institution. This is not a church. Um, We are not teaching morality. We are simply trying to introduce our young people to who they are, gay, straight, anything in between, and how they're going to end up fitting into and navigating a very complicated world. And we need to start in kindergarten and in preschool like we already do. Um, We teach children of any level. You know, when mommy and daddy leave the room, they don't disappear. It's developmental. Um, We teach them how to read. Um, We correct them when they speak out without raising their hand. Um, And so this is just this is just another level. And I really don't understand why people are um, getting getting so upset in the state of Florida. Uh, You know, people forget, though, Um, there's a little blue dot in those three counties, Miami-Dade, Broward and Palm Beach. Florida's a red state. And, um, you know, Historically, red states have very strong opinions about LGBTQ life and lifestyle. And here we are. Bienvenidos. Welcome to Florida. (laughs) All right. We will be uh, right back uh, in one moment and we'll talk more about the craziness that is Florida. Be right back. This is Keith David. Juneteenth commemorates the African-American Independence Day of June 19th, 1865. Juneteenth is about family, friends, and community getting together for a weekend of remembrances and acknowledgments of those who struggled for the freedoms we appreciate today. Juneteenth Atlanta offers the nation's Father's Day celebration, historic speakers, fireworks, a pavilion for children, an artist market, community vendors, celebrity guests, community activists, panel discussions, chess with elders, martial arts, yoga, a parade, and too much more to fully discuss here. For more information on the Juneteenth Atlanta Parade and Music Festival and how to get involved, JuneteenthATL.com. Another public service announcement brought to you by your listener-supported station for progressive information and hand-picked quality music. 89.3 FM, WRFG. All right, so that was um, Flock of Seagulls, by the way, um, 
the song is a stage Space Age Love Song. I was probably in the 70s. Uh, anyway, welcome back to Alternative Perspectives. I am Greg Botkin, your host. Uh, this is Atlanta's only queer radio hour, and we are talking to Dr. Joshua Estrin, who has been in Florida for the last 20 years dealing with being gay. Where Actually, where are you in Florida? So I'm in downtown Fort Lauderdale, right yeah. outside of Wilton Manors, the gayest city in Florida. Oh, yeah. No, I had, yeah. I had, yeah, I've had a couple of friends that lived there for many years, and that is definitely a gay, gay, gay city. So um, what what else is going on in Florida in terms of uh, uh, being queer? Are you, do you happen, are, are gay couples allowed to adopt in Florida. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yes. Okay. That's good. Um, so what are your thoughts on, to me, it feels like uh, your governor, Ron DeSantis, is basically angling to run for president, assuming that Trump ultimately doesn't run. And to me, it feels like that's a lot of the energy behind uh, the various laws that are uh, on the books right now. I mean, I, I don't know that it, is he popular in your state? I guess he would be outside of those three little bubbles. I think so. I just threw up in my mouth when you use Ron DeSantis and, and Trump in the same sentence. So excuse <laughs> me, I had to, to rinse out. Um, it does seem that he's positioning himself for, for the possibility of running for president. And again, as you begin to move north, um, uh, Florida can become deeply red. And also, there's a very strong... Um, Republican and and conservative uh, uh, group uh, in in Miami, which some people don't understand because they figure Hispanic um, came to this country as immigrants would be more blue. But um, uh, Cuban Americans, especially those that came over in the first wave and have become highly successful, um, tend to be uh, Republicans and um, many of them. Uh, ultra conservatives. And so there is a lot of support here for um, the Republican Party, um, conservative, quote, conservative values. And um, it's going to be a very interesting time in history, isn't it, Greg? Um, We have a president right now on trial for um, trying to overthrow the country, who we just said, um, we're not sure if he's going to be um, the Republican candidate. Um, in the next presidential election. So I, I, I feel like in many ways I've gone back in a time machine um, and, you know, we're talking about women's reproductive rights. We're talking about gay rights. We've certainly traveled a distance forward, but it does feel like in many states, Florida included, that we've also taken a, um, a step backwards or, 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 or sideways. As I said, you know, I, I have three grandchildren right now and um, you know, I'm constantly in my head apologizing to them for the world that they're inheriting. Yet at the same time, I feel very hopeful um, that it's young people like them who are going to enter into the world and simply not tolerate um, this 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 lack or this this unwillingness of what we're seeing right now to again, as I've said, um, not make the world about you and your two best white friends. Yeah, you know, I. <clears throat> It, there's there's this idea, and, and I don't know your political affiliation. I don't know if you consider yourself a Democrat or not. It almost doesn't matter But for this point. But in Democratic circles, and, you know, 
the Democratic Party, uh, at least nationwide. When it comes to uh, the presidential election, uh, I've heard people say that it's there's almost this idea, let's not put our money in Florida. Let's forget about it. Like in Florida is a foregone conclusion. We, we, our money would be better spent um, shoring up Pennsylvania, Michigan, Arizona, like in Georgia, you know, which is where I'm from. Um, but Florida is something like, you know what, maybe we need to forget about them for a while. I mean, I think Donald Trump is now a resident of Florida. If I'm not, it, didn't he move there? Because um, I think he's, li- he's living at Mar-a-Lago or something yeah. silly like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, so I don't know. I, I, I mean, what do Democrats think these days down there? I mean, I mean, it's, it's um, well, you know, uh, I'm, I'm a registered Democrat and I still, as of late, don't really know what Democrats are thinking. I'm just going to say that. I just think it's it, it's a real messy mess right now. On, on both sides of the aisle. But I would say that um, you, you bring up an interesting point. It's going to be interesting to see politically where money is invested. So I would say to my community, and um, I'm not always, you know, uh, the most popular guy in the, the LGBTQ plus community, but if people aren't going to invest in Florida, then um, the LGBT community either needs to invest in Florida or divest in Florida. Um, Perhaps we need to stop spending our gay, lesbian, transgender, bi dollars here um, and say, you know, until you get your proverbial S together, we're going to stop spending or spend our money elsewhere or move the heck out. Um, You know, we represent a large percentage um, of the population. My, my PhD is, is in analytics. And if 18 to 20% of the population is uh, uh, gay, lesbian, bisexual, transgender, et cetera, et cetera, you take into that voting age, number of registered voters, we could do a lot of good in the name of equality for everyone if we would band together and um, stop fighting with one another. Uh, you know, there. It was said, I believe, by Kerry Washington, that one of the problems is that as minorities, we believe that there's one seat at the minority table and we're all fighting for it instead of understanding that there's more than enough room for all of us. Um, Imagine if gays, lesbians, blacks, um, transgender allies, all the people that felt like they were outsiders in the, quote, um, United States came together and shut their damn pocketbooks and wallets we could really, really make some change. So sometimes it's not spent about spending money. It's about not spending money. And yeah. that's just one short guy talking his talk. Yeah. So two more things. We just have a couple of minutes late. Uh, I, I just wanted to make sure that uh, the listeners were aware that at the present moment, and I believe there's an injunction against it right now, but if I'm not mistaken, you can correct me. Uh Disney, the town, I guess, that Disney is part of has basically lost its exempt status. And the idea is that they are now going to become under the auspices of, I guess, you know, the state government. And you'll have to pay state taxes if you – well, there are no state taxes. But uh, I, 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 I'm not sure if that's a smart or a stupid move from the, the, governor, the governor because now – I believe Disney, whereas before they provided themselves with their own police, fire, now that's going to have to be provided by the state. They're also, I think, going to have to take on the debt that uh, Disney is under. 
So do you know what the status is of that right now? I know that they passed the law. You, you, you nailed it. So they, they passed the law and now people are fighting about it. But again, um, from, an, from an economics standpoint, um, I'm trying to wrap my head around it. You know, Disney was footing the bill for, as you said, you know, all of the services that cost billions and billions of dollars and in a, in a kind of DeSantis sort of move, um, you know, he, he took the quote power or so he said away from Disney for reasons that I don't quite understand. And now the onus is, is falling on a state that's already overburdened. I mean, we don't even have public transportation here. And now we need to start paying for, for police and, and sewage and, 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 and all the other things at a place where we have one of the highest concentrations in our population. I don't get it. You know, sometimes stupid just needs to be called out as stupid or counterintuitive or just dumb. And um, hmm. it's just another thing to be put in the it's just another feather in the cap of hatred, you know, that can help mobilize voters. It's basically who suffers, who suffers, you know, people who supposedly are, are being represented by. Um, the DeSantis's of uh, of the country are the ones footing the bill. So again, I, I, I really, um, I, I like to say that I am always kind, but I'm not always nice. So if you are an ultra conservative, um, just take a look at what your taxes are, your federal taxes, look at the, 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 the prices of things. And I'm not going to get into who's responsible for the price of gas, because that's a whole nother conversation. Mm-hmm. But it just seems right now that um, the, the, the working poor are the ones that are just constantly, you know, taking a, a punch to the kidney. And so many of them are the ones that are, are, are supporting um, this movement to, to take the country back to a time when, um, my goodness, you know, people were drinking from separate fountains and using separate, separate uh, bathrooms. Didn't yeah. Rosa Parks sit in the front of the bus for a reason? You know, it's yeah. just, it, it's sad. I mean, I, I I try to make light of it because if I didn't, I'd be depressed all the time. But I still think this is the most amazing country in the world. And if you don't like it, get the hell out. But we have a lot of work to do. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I mean, we are blessed to have been uh, born here. But I do think that there is a we have taken step a step backwards. And I think that to me, it's. It's the result of it's the backlash because we had a black president for eight years. In my mind, that's kind of what fomented. How dare yeah. us? Yeah, yeah. So I think, and if you look in history, I think that that happens a lot. When there's a step forward, a lot of times there's a backlash. You know, um, I like being progressive, though. You know, progressive stands for progress. You know, I like that. I like progress. The only other thing I wanted to ask you, and then we'll, uh, I'll let you go. We, we gotta, we gotta end. But um, you said not, you're not exactly always the most popular person in uh, the LGBT community when it comes to. Yes, sir. What's going on there? Tell me what are, what are you talking um, about? So you know, um, what would your, uh, what would people that don't care for you say? What's the argument against you? I think people don't appreciate the fact that I identify as a man who happens to be gay rather than a gay man. Um, okay. I think that, you know, uh, when we look at the, the, the social strata of the, of the community, um, you know, why has transgender, drag queens, et cetera, et cetera, been at the bottom rung? Why are we fighting with one another? Um, you know, this, this, this ageism 
you know, suddenly you age out of the community when you're not 25 anymore. Um, you are 25. I thought you were. Oh, yeah, in my mind, I'm 25. Right. Um, I have a lot of strong opinions about prep. Um, it is not a superpower. And um, so, so you, you know, I, if you're taking prep, you still should have safe sex or you should at um, least tell somebody that you're HIV positive. Well, I, I believe that too, but you know, it's just the understanding that our young people have to have that PrEP certainly um, does work um, against um, HIV AIDS, but there's a whole host of, of, of other delightful STDs and STIs that it doesn't protect you from. And subsequently, um, you, you, you need to be responsible. Um, and so, yeah. Um, hmm. A lot of and people again, don't like you know, that. <laughs> not a lot of people don't like that. And, you know, I, I can't keep up with the whole, you know, Pride second, pride month, pride moment, pride week. Um, I just uh, think that, yeah. you know, personally, if, if we just lived our lives as, as, as men and women, and again, no judgment, um, with a little judgment, um, if we just lived our lives as, as men and women who happen to be who we are um, and, and not hide who we are, at, you know, I've been out for like 157 years, um, then, uh, you know, maybe, maybe we could make some more progress. You know, Throwing glitter in a thong on a float on Pride. If that's what you do, you do you, boo. I just, I don't really see how it moves um, the movement forward. So that's the long story long about why maybe I'm not the most popular guy in, in, in some communities. I know, I know, I know what you're talking about. I know what you're talking about. All right. Well, thank you so much for coming on uh, the show. Not like you're Milo though, Joshua, you're not Milo. So um but uh, all right. Thank you so much for coming on. It's been my pleasure. Thank you. Yeah, no, I appreciate it very much. And you do have a podcast, right? What I thought you had. A podcast. I, I have an audio book. Thank you for asking. Ah, okay. um, I don't have a podcast. Everyone else does. So I don't need to. Um, <laughs> but you can download my book. Shut up and listen to yourself. Um, Google Play, uh, iTunes, Audible, wherever you can find an audio book, you can find it. And um, I narrate it because. Well, I wrote it, and uh, it's an Sounds hour good. thirty-seven for less than an overpriced Starbucks. You can listen to me talk to you, and we can kind of have a fun conversation. All right, cool. Well, thank you so much, and uh, uh, thanks for coming on the show. And that's gonna, hey, Greg, with two G's. Thank you. Of course, of course, and that's gonna do it for us on uh, alternative uh, perspectives. Uh, I'm gonna end with a, a different song than I usually do end with because you know, life. It's nice to. Because you can, and it's your darn show. That's right. I'll talk to you guys later. One, two, three, three.